Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, what is going on, everyone? What Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. Today, we are joined by Drew Binsky. Thanks so much for coming on, Joe. Hey, Casey. It's a pleasure to be here, man. Uh, how you doing? Doing good. So you've traveled to, what, 194 countries. That's what I've read online, man. You've been to almost every country in the world, the youngest, one of the youngest to ever do it. Where did this begin? And give us an update on where you're at. Yeah, I've been to 194 out of 197 countries. My final three are Saudi Arabia, Jamaica, and Palau, which is a small Pacific island nation not far from the Philippines. Started by teaching English in South Korea, or even before that, actually, I studied abroad in in Czech Republic uh, my junior year of college. That was in 2012. Then I had a great semester there, traveled around Europe and and, um, wanted to keep traveling. So I graduated college with an economics degree from University of Wisconsin and um, took a job teaching English in Korea because it was just a great opportunity to travel and get paid to travel. Um, And then I started a blog from there which kind of evolved into a more full-time job. In 2015, when I left Korea, I started traveling by myself, making a few thousand a month from blogging, little sponsors. And then Snapchat came around. I had a big following on Snapchat when it was big five, six years ago. Then that was my full-time job, collaborating with brands for 2015, 2016. Then wow. 2017, I started making videos because my girlfriend just bought me a camera and said, hey, you should start filming your travels instead of putting them on snaps, with delete, which delete after 24 hours. And so... Started making videos, went to North Korea in April 2017. That video got 10 million views. And pretty much overnight, I was like, okay, I'm going to start this video thing. Fast forward till now, I've had 2.1 billion views, uh, about 1,000 videos overall, a little more than 1,000 overall. And uh, my community is about 8 million on social media. Dude, that is incredible, man. (laughs) Quite the journey. Like, thinking back to that time when you decided to, like, go full-time on traveling, like, was your goal set out to go to every single country in the world, like, how did it get to that point? Yeah, I wasn't at first. I just loved to travel. And then when I was blogging in Korea, I came across a guy named Lee Abamanti, who's now a good friend and mentor. And he had visited every country. He was the youngest American to do it at 31 years old. I'm 29 right now. And at the time I was 21. I was your age when I, uh, when I found out okay. about him. And I was like, okay, why can't I be the youngest? You know, what's stopping me? So he just kind of helped me, you know, with some tips and kind of guided me along the way. And, and I started doing it myself and boom, now I'm a full-time, full-time at it. That's incredible, man. So you have three more countries to go. Yeah. When you plan on, you know, hitting those last three, is it an urgent thing to do or what's, <laughs> yeah, what's the next plan? It is urgent. I was supposed <laughs> to finish in May, 2020. 
that's almost a year ago. And I obviously got held back because of a pandemic that took over the world. But things are getting better. It's looking like I'll be finishing in, in June 2021. I'm not sure when this episode is going to be released, probably before that. So um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting it done. And I'm shooting a documentary. It's actually a docu-series, um, one episode per country. I hired a great uh, production crew, a camera crew in LA, and and we've been uh, really doing it. You know, the, uh, it's for me, it's go big or go home. So I, I have a yeah. big budget. We've raised some money, and we're filming a really, really cool docu series about going to every country, what I've learned, you know, who I've met, my, my unique way of traveling uh, as a YouTuber, social media world, like behind the scenes, the struggles of traveling, what it's like. You know, all of this kind of stuff is going to be wrapped in a, a seven part series, which will hopefully be out next year. So that's kind of my next big project. That's exciting, man. Hey, what's been the biggest learning curve from traveling to all, you know, 194 countries? I think for some people, it's like just trying to understand that almost seems impossible. Going to every single country in the world, like, what are some of the challenges you ran into? I know that you said you went to North Korea. Like, what mm-hmm. was it like going there? Or like, what were some of the biggest hurdles when trying to hit these first 194 countries? Yeah, there's about 120 countries that are super easy to visit. What I mean by that is you just book a flight and go. Assuming you have, most of your viewers are Americans, I'm, I'm sure. So with an American passport, uh, you can visit 174 countries without needing to get a visa before COVID. But even when COVID's finished, it'll still be that same number. Um, my girlfriend has a Philippines passport, so it's harder for her to get visas. So basically, 120 countries, you can just show up, boom, you're there. The other 60, 70, 80 countries, you need to apply for visas. You have to get permission in advance. It's really expensive. It it takes a lot of time. You have to go to embassies around the world and talk to the ambassadors. And sometimes you have to bribe them. I've had to bribe to get four different visas. Um, (laughs) It's just like it's a whole... That's that's the most stressful part is getting in the country. And once you're in, you know, safety can be a a concern in some countries. But other than that, man, once you're in, you're in. And you can just kind of go around and... And, uh, and have fun. But one of the struggles I deal with is like anxiety of uh, always being in airports, always going through checkpoints, always having people search my passport, always having to hide my profession as a journalist because in countries like Libya and Syria and Afghanistan and Yemen, being a journalist is forbidden. So that's, that's the biggest challenge for me personally. And when when you go to these places and then record, is that like a, like you said, like sketchy thing to do? Yeah, in, in many about about fifteen countries, it's really really tough to to shoot in because for whatever reason they they don't like cameras, they don't want to be exposed, or they feel like you're threatening them, or they think you're a spy, or 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 they think you know they just feel uncomfortable when an outsider comes and, and has a camera in his hand. So I usually have to ask for permission, or I have my GoPro um, in countries like Afghanistan and Iraq. I was in both those countries over the last few months, and wow. and and Venezuela. Um, so you just have to be really sneaky and. And that's part of the fun, man. Yeah. I, so you said the last couple of months, Afghanistan, Afghanistan, Iraq. Like when you're there, like what are yeah. you doing, right? Like for me, I'm like, okay, when you go there and, you know, we can link it down below to a couple of different videos, but like what were you doing there recently and what were some of those countries like? So I went back to Afghanistan and Iraq for the second and third times uh, over the last few months because I love them. I love to visit countries that everyone's scared to visit because I always find the, the beauty of humanity and, and I find the good sides of all the places I go to and I stay away from politics really. So, um, dude, it's so fun. Like I just meet local friends through Instagram, people in my community and we have no plan. I'm very extremely spontaneous. Like I will yeah. arrive in Yemen with literally not even a hotel booked for that night. I just like completely rely on my friends, my local friends uh, to take me around. 
Um, I rely on their kindness and obviously I give back by, I, I, I don't let them pay for anything. And I, yeah. you know, we have great conversations about the world. And so it's kind of a win-win. Like I hang out with them, they hang out with me, they can help me show their countries. You know, I can, you know, give them travel tips and it's, it's a very, it's a very much a win-win situation. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. People always say like, um, when you travel, you, you open up a different point of your mind and you start seeing different parts of the world, especially those who, you know, are born and raised in America like, what have you learned just from a high level, just from traveling to all these countries? And what has been one of the biggest takeaways that sure. you've been able oh, Sorry about that. What's been one of the biggest takeaways um, just from traveling to 194 countries? The two biggest takeaways are that all people on earth are the same and that the world is much safer than you think. So what I mean by everyone's the same doesn't matter if you're in Madagascar or Montreal or Mauritius. Uh, everyone has the same wants and needs. We all need to have a, sh- a roof over our heads to sleep. We all need to eat food when we're hungry. When something's funny, we all laugh. We all cry when we're sad. Mm-hmm. We all want to love each other and, and we all want to, you know, we need to make money to support ourselves and our families. That's true no matter how rich or how poor the country is. Um, and just everybody smiles and everybody just, you can, you can literally without speaking the same language, connect with someone, anyone. And that's the coolest thing about traveling. Um, and the world is much safer than you think. Like, you know, my, I'm at my grandma's house right now and she's watching like the news 24 seven. And it's literally like negative thing after negative thing after negative thing. And it's like, there's a crazy crisis in Yemen and all this stuff. And yes, there are bad things that are happening, but there's also a really beautiful world. Like, Afghanistan has uh, something like 20, 25 million people in it. Million. So, you know, n- not all those guys are bad guys. You know, the Taliban, you know, an extremist terrorist organization uh, that's taking over the country is only run by a very, very tiny, tiny percentage of those 25 million people. So the world is a lot safer than you think. And that's one of my biggest messages that I try to share through my videos. I love that. Like when you finish traveling to all these countries, how do you plan? Do you have a an idea to celebrate or to commemorate this chapter because I mean, I don't know the exact number, but no, not many people in the world will ever be able to say what you're about to complete, which is I've been to every single country in the world. Like, how does that make you feel like thinking back, you know, on your journey as someone that had this travel blog that wanted to go see the world to the now almost seeing every being in every single country. Like, how do you feel? And what does it mean to you? It's awesome, man. It's something I set out to do many, many years ago and to, to, to almost be done is a great feeling. And it's, it's been a lot of stress and a lot of work to, I mean, I'm working, you know, 18 hours a day just yeah. on my own videos and you know, traveling itself is, is work, you know, going to the airport and meeting people, yep. taking buses, trains, boats, bikes, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff to deal with, especially during COVID with getting COVID uh, tests. I've had over 45 COVID tests now because I, I've been wow. on the road nonstop. So since COVID. how, but, oh, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah, I'm going to celebrate with a big party in, uh, in Hawaii because I've been to 49 states. Hawaii is the only one I have not been to. So I'll have wow. some family and friends hang out in Hawaii after I finish. Very cool, man. Like, when you think about COVID and, you know, people last year at this time was when the world was shutting down. People are, you know, just now putting on their masks and countries are right. closing. Mm-hmm. How did that affect your traveling? And also, how many countries have you been to during COVID? I've been to about 20 countries since June 1st. So I've been on the road nonstop. It's tough, man. Some countries are so strict, like Ecuador, for example, when they give you the money back at a restaurant, they'll spray it with 
sanitizer <laughs> with a spray. So they're literally handing you like a wet bill. And it's no like, way. how am I going to put this bill in my pocket? Um, it's crazy in Ecuador. But in Venezuela, which is a neighboring country, no mask, nobody cares. In Afghanistan, nobody knows about the pandemic. Like literally, no if you way. ask them. Yeah, they, no I, way. I, yeah, I swear, man. I have, <laughs> I have interviews with people saying like, hey, do you know that there's a worldwide pandemic? And they're like, I have no idea. Also in Mexico, I went down in the jungle in the southern part of Mexico and people there had never heard of a pandemic before. There's been a few situations. Another time I was in Egypt um, and I asked someone, yeah, dude, it's not, you know, what's happening in this country is far superior, not superior, far, it's much a different story than in other countries. And yeah. um, in Tanzania, nobody wears masks, nobody cares. In Ghana, nobody cares. But in Turkey, they care a lot. They wear masks. So it's very much hit or miss, but it's a pain in the ass to have to get like tested every time and have to like deal with flight cancellations and everybody being paranoid and yeah. but it is what it is man it is what it is for sure man um so i know you you have two guinness world records mm-hmm. what are they and what was your goal <laughs> with those two records the first one was silly it was the fastest time to pack a suitcase so i did it in like <laughs> 20 24 seconds like i had to do like all these different things that was more just to have another record but the first one i did was the most uh, UNESCO World Heritage sites in 24 hours. So there's a list of about a hundred, a thousand UNESCO sites around the world, places that have cultural significance or natural significance, like the Grand Canyon or the Taj Mahal. So I visited 12 sites across Germany and ne- the Netherlands in 2016, uh, only by taking wow. public transportation. So I couldn't take my own car. So that was a that was a crazy one. Um, but yeah, I hope to do more records. They're fun. That's incredible, man. What does your family think about what you do and all the travels that you've done? They're pretty supportive. Like at first they were, they were asking me if it's, it can be a real job and what, you know, how I'm going to do it. But I've proven to them that it's very sustainable and, and it's fun. And, and they're, yeah, they're my biggest fans. Like they, they're really supportive, which is great. I love that. And uh, I, I know on your website, you've done a lot of amazing brand partnerships with some amazing companies. How does it work? Like when people see your travels and you work with these brands, like, what was your first brand deal um, and how have you been able to collaborate with dozens of brands along your travels? And how does that process even go for people that may not know? I work with a lot of brands from the travel blogging days. I would work with like hotels.com and they would have an affiliate link, you know, that every time someone clicked it, I would get 1% of the sale, um, which wasn't that much. But yeah, as I've grown, as I have more eyeballs on my content, I'm able to charge more as I have a bigger reach, you know, I can charge, 20 to $30,000 per video uh, with some brands that I work with sometimes even more. So some of my favorites are Duolingo, the language learning app, or I did something uh, with Sony. They sponsored me and, and booking.com I've done a big uh, collaboration with, and I'm working on a couple, couple more big ones. So yeah, I mean, I used to reach out to brands. Now they reach out to me. We negotiate like, what are the deliverables? How long are you going to like 45 second integration in the video at a link? Um, You know, it's like, and I have to kind of, give them a, a pitch of what, what I'm going to write, uh, what I'm going to talk about in the video and how I'm going to reflect their brand. And then they send a contract, I sign it. And, and um, yeah, I mean, Corona is another one of my biggest sponsors, Corona beer. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun to work with brands, but I, I'm pretty selective on who I work with. I don't, I don't just yeah. work with everyone. Yeah. I love that. Uh, one of the videos that I, I saw recently of yours was when, I don't know exactly where you were again, but it was the, the guy who built the car and yeah, drove you around. Was that in Ghana? Yeah. That was just incredible. And, and even like before we connected and uh, started, you know, this conversation before the podcast, I saw that video everywhere and just the inspiration that you're being able to showcase through your content is 
extraordinary because like I'm sure he would never have had that platform or that that yeah that platform to tell his story and to show the world what he's up to right so like how does that make you feel and like what what was that moment in particular like for you to see someone in Ghana built a car uh, I think you said it was a hundred dollars was like the budget of it and then he was driving you around like that was just crazy to me yeah, I got in touch with that guy like the morning of that video. So a lot of my stuff is spontaneous. Someone's like, hey, there's a really interesting person. And I'm like, I want to go meet him. So yeah, I, I showed up at his house, met his mother, talked to her about what I wanted to film, then interviewed Kelvin, which is the kid's name. He's 19, I think, and heard about his story. And, and yeah, I knew it would hit really hard with my audience because it's so inspiring. And my friend Nas Daly did a story on him couple weeks ago and it has like 50 million views so it really elevated uh the kid you know to have a lot of success in the future and it feels good man i I like to to give the spotlight to people who have not had the spotlight before and people who come from countries where the spotlight isn't given to them very often that's kind of my my main goal i love that Uh, you talk a lot about spontaneous and like just being curious and that curiosity uh that's something i live by is just curiosity that's something larry king always told me when we when i interviewed him What's your thoughts on spontaneous activities, curiosity? Can you teach it? Is that just an innate quality that you have? Because a lot of people like going to meet someone in a different country that you haven't met, that you don't know, they might think it's sketchy and they have like, they're hesitant. Where does your spontaneous and curiosity like ability come from? I think it just comes from within. I mean, it takes a certain person to be able to not only go to every country, but to be able to be on camera and show your face 24 seven. That's it takes an extroverted person um, and it takes someone who's just willing to go out there and, and take a risk and not worry about the consequences too much. Um, I don't know. I just go with the flow, man. I, I, I find love it. <laughs> the best experiences for me come from spontaneous, you know, someone just says, Hey, let's go here. And boom. Just go. Like if you plan too much, it just, it's a waste of time for me. And, and you know, most people I know and that, you know, probably are kind of follow the same path. It's like, you know, go to college, nothing wrong with college, by the way, I went to college and I loved it, but then get a job, make X amount of salary for 20 years, then get, get bonus or whatever, get upgraded, promoted to the next position. Then they make an extra 30,000 a year. Then maybe they reach their peak, but then they're already 45 years old. And it's like, so it's like, I I don't, I just want to, you know, keep working for myself and keep finding ways to advance. And, and my life, my life is, is very extremely spontaneous. And even what I just said was spontaneous. I don't even know if I made sense when I just explained <laughs> it. But um, I don't know. Going with the flow is, uh, is, is just my motto. And it's um, something I've, I've learned to uh, appreciate and, and just kind of do it more. Because I've, I've, as I told you, the best experiences in my life are when things that weren't planned. Like the Kelvin video that I just said. That wasn't even planned, man. I just went in and, and met him and, and shot the video. Yeah. So. I, I love that for sure. Um, speaking on just not only traveling to every country, I know you said you started this journey when you were 21. Is that right? Like that red bug. What were like the first five years like? And then these last four, like what were, how many countries did you go to the first one, two, three years? Mm -hmm. And how did it speed up? And what was that like? First time was studying abroad in Prague and I visited 20 countries in 2012. uh, Just like all mostly European countries and Dubai and Emirates. And then, uh, yeah, when I lived in Korea, I visited about 20 more countries over those two-year period. Um, so I was at about 40, 45 countries in 2015. And that's when I decided, okay, I'm just going to travel full-time and start ticking off regions and countries. And so then I, I've, I visited about 20, 20 to 
ish countries a year since 2015. 25 wow. new new countries a year. So I, I've repeated countries more than 80 times. So I've if I went to Mexico again this year, I don't count that as as a new country. So 25 yeah. new countries uh, since 2015 a year. So uh, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's so wild to me, man. Do you have and I'm sure it's hard to answer this. Do you have a, a, a favorite or a couple of different countries that have stood out to you, whether it's the culture or the stories that you've found within them that mean a lot to you? Um, or what's your thoughts there? Yeah, the Middle East is my favorite region by far. Nicest people, incredible culture. You know, it's the cradle of civilization. You talk about Mesopotamia and Iraq, you know, the first settlements uh, ever were recorded. And, and um, I love Islam. I'm Jewish, but I, I have a deep love and appreciation for Islam because I have a lot of Islamic friends and I've spent a lot of time in Muslim majority countries. So anywhere from Syria, Lebanon, Afghanistan, Pakistan, which is more in South, South Asia, but still in the region. Um, and then, you know, I love Kuwait, um, Jordan, uh, Israel, um, Iran, Iran is amazing. So all those countries, man, are, are just my favorite. I love that. And, um, people talk a lot about travel hacking. Do you have any tips and tricks on travel hacking or best practices that you've learned after traveling to 194 countries? I'm glad you asked me that. I've actually been spending all my time the last month making the, this masterclass on travel hacking. Uh, it's going to go up uh, in about a, a couple of weeks from now. That's um, incredible. It's, it's like everything I've learned from all of my trips, like into one course. So I'm looking forward to, to selling that. Um, but I don't know, man, there's so many tips. The, the, I always, when you go to an airport and when you check in for the flight, you can always ask for upgrades. You can ask them to sit in the front of the plane. You can ask them, you know, to not have to check your bag. People don't realize that you can like speak. Those are people that are checking you in. And so I always say like, Hey, I want to sit at the front of the plane. Um, cause I want to get through immigrant. If you sit at the back of the plane, then you have to wait for everyone to get off, which is annoying. Then you have to, you have to go to immigration if you're flying international, right? Yeah. Even if you're flying domestic, you have to all walk to the same baggage claim, whatever. If you sit on the front of the plane, boom, you're off, you're off. And that saves you 15 minutes of time every time you fly. So I asked to sit at the front of the plane is one of my biggest travel tips that no one even knows you can do. Um, there's a lot of other tips that I have, man. It, no, stay tuned for the that. course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, for sure. I'll make sure to link that down below when it comes out. Um, let's talk about just social media overall. I know that, you know, you have over 2 million, almost 2.5 million uh, subscribers on YouTube. How have you utilized social recently, right? With, with TikTok and there's Instagram, right. and there's all these different platforms. What, where do you spend majority of your time and how do you differentiate between each platform and the content yeah. you put out there? They're all different. And I pivoted from Snapchat being my main priority focus to Instagram in order to Facebook, to YouTube. Uh, and it's still YouTube. YouTube is my nuts and bolts. So I'm creating content for YouTube and then I repurpose it for Facebook, for Instagram. I cut it in different ways. I make them shorter. I make them vertical. I have a team. I have 14 people that work for me. So I have, I've kind of built out a team to help yeah. me. TikTok is another one I'm focused on at the moment. I have a, a girl named Sharon in Italy. She runs my TikTok account and she grew it from the ground up. I mean, um, you know, five of my last 10 videos have hit over a million or 2 million on TikTok. Wow. So it's, it's an up and coming platform. And even though I don't like it, I don't want to ignore it because I feel like it, it would be terrible if I ignored, you know, the, the biggest social media platform of the younger generation at least. So yeah, they're all different. Um, but I'm, I'm posting, as I said, to YouTube and then I'm like trickling all that content down to the other platforms. Um, but I have a, a lot of old footage that I'm, I hired a guy now he's going through all my footage from day one and he's tagging it. So if I type in like 
golf, which I play a lot of golf. Yeah. All of a sudden, all the, all the clips of me playing golf will just come up uh, in one spot. So that's wow. kind of been my strategy and it's, it's been really, really helpful. Uh, I know you, uh, you talked about, we were talking about golf earlier. Uh, how long have you been playing golf? I'm curious because I've been playing since I was eight years old. Love the sport. Nice, dude. I've been playing since I was about eight. I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona. Okay. And, and I, you know, I used to be a two handicap in, in high school. I was shooting even par, under par all the time. Now, that's incredible, couple, man. <laughs> thanks, dude. I play a couple times a year now. My last few rounds are 77, 78. So I'm, I'm picking it back up. Um, but yeah, I, I really just love, love the game. And it's kind of my detox. It kind of frees me from, from the real world for a little yeah, bit. For sure, man. When you're traveling, have you stayed in a certain country for the, what's the longest time you've stayed in a country and then like the shortest time you've stayed in a country? I mean, country? I spent a year in, in Thailand living there. So I wasn't always on the ground there. But the longest amount of time I spent in any country is the Philippines over a year and a half. Um, obviously, Korea, I was living there. But India, I spent four months. Um, Indonesia, I spent two months. Um, uh, there, there's many. Uh, Turkey, I've spent two and a half months. I spent a lot of time in a lot of countries, but also I've spent one day in a couple of countries. I've spent three days in a couple of countries. I've spent four days. So um, it all kind of depends on what I'm doing in the country and if how big yeah. the country is. For example, Russia is freaking massive, but yeah. um, you know, Liechtenstein, which I don't even know if most people have heard of, or, or Guinea-Bissau or Kiribati, uh, those, all those countries are tiny. So you don't need more than a day to kind of see what's going on. Yeah. Do you have any like, like sketchy moments that you can look back on and be like wow that was Dude, that was so one of the most man. incredible but yet sketchy place that i i now have this story that you can tell today that we're just like oh my god i can't believe that happened pretty much name a country <laughs> <laughs> i got a lot of stories man uh in libya i fell asleep to the sound of bombs because i was there in a civil war and my hotel was no vibrating way. Um, in Yemen, I was caught at a checkpoint and they thought I was a spy. So I had to take off my clothes on, on the side of the road. Uh, and they searched me, they pat me down and they held me in my passport for a while. In Afghanistan, I was driving with my driver and he hit a dog and killed the dog on the street. That wasn't the scary part. The scary part was his car was, was totaled. So we were able to drive it still. So we went to the next checkpoint and they thought he killed a person and he was trying to drive away from it. So they held him and I, I thought I was going to be kidnapped or something. No um, in Iran, the government was watching every single move I ma made in the country because they found out I was a journalist on when I was on the flight to Iran. And so they threatened me. Um, it ended up being fine. Um, man, I don't, I can't even, there, there's just so many crazy stories that have happened to me. But, I was in a bus crash in India and two people died on the bus that you were on. I was on a bus crash that crashed in India and two people died on the bus. Oh yeah, my that gosh. That's crazy, man. Wow, you have stories for days. Are you going to like write a book one day? This is incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the process of writing a book. It's funny you say that. Yeah. That is, that's awesome, man. I can't even imagine. Like, I'm just like visualizing like these stories on, on a positive note, but also like the scary stories that you had to deal with. Like, were you, Have you been like during those moments and you're, you're saying all these crazy stories, like it's, it's nothing like for each one, was it something that you were like terrified of were you like this is just going to happen i'm in this country this is just what's happening right now or were they unexpected events that occurred and you were like whoa unexpected. let me actually like take a step back and rethink maybe what i'm doing <laughs> well going into yemen i expected it to be pretty dangerous and afghanistan and syria but a lot of the things that have happened to me like the bus crash or stuff was unexpected and, and i just do my best to stay safe and keep a good attitude and and trust the people that i'm with that they're gonna keep me safe and so until now it's, it's worked out pretty well
Yeah. Uh, hey, you're in Texas. You're, you're hanging out. You're doing, yeah, your thing. Dude. <laughs> doing exactly. this podcast. Hell yeah, man. For sure. Well, uh, I mean, outside of traveling, man, like, where do you, where do you spend your time? I feel like this traveling is something that's so important to so many people and you've made it right. your life. So like when you're not traveling, how do you spend your time? On the golf course, um, doing, writing my book, working on my documentary, doing my courses. Um, so that's kind of the business side of things that I've been working on, but, but yeah, dude, um, I'm, I'm always working or playing golf. It's like, I'm, I, you almost won't find me doing something else. Yeah. I love it, man. Well, well, Drew, last thing to wrap it up is or two more questions. We'll wrap up is number one, if you were giving yourself advice when you were first starting this travel journey, when it comes to traveling or just keeping an open mind and being curious, like what would you tell your younger self now having been to almost every country so far? Meet more people, go to more faraway places that no one's ever heard of. Because I started doing that more recently, but I wish in my early days I would just like avoid Rome. Rome is cool, but like just get out there and like as far away as you can off the map, go to those places because those that's where the best humanity stories come from. And um, learn a couple more languages. I, I can speak a bunch of words in a bunch of languages, but if I knew how to speak Arabic and Russian, those two languages specifically and French uh, for Africa, I, I could really have, have gotten by a lot better. So. Hey, I love that. Um, and then last thing is just outside of traveling, but if you were to give somebody one piece of advice for traveling, moving into 2021 and maybe a country to go to that you think is amazing during this time, what would it be and why? Don't be afraid to travel now. If you, I mean, obviously if you have a precondition or if you're older, then totally that's fine. But if you're younger and, and, or if you've had the vaccine, then go for it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great time to travel. The world is wide open right now. Um, I, countries to go to Egypt, I went to, and, and usually the pyramids are like super long to wait in line and there's too many people, but it was like completely open. So if you want to go see some ancient sites in, in Egypt right now is a great time to go. Mexico's open. You can head down there. It's just one flight away. So yeah, there, there's some gems out there that are Brazil's wide open. So, yep. yeah. I love it. Well, Drew, again, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast today. Where's the best place for people to stay in touch with your travels, to watch you finish these last three countries, to learn more about the course and just everything you have going on? Casey, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much. Uh, at Drubinsky, D-R-E-W-B-I-N-S-K-Y is how you can find me on all social media platforms. I love to speak to you guys, to answer your questions and to connect. Uh, so please feel free to reach out and, um, Looking forward to keeping in touch with you, Casey, and uh, seeing you on the golf course sometime soon. Let's do it.